0: Hello, everybody, and thanks again for listening. This afternoon, I have connected with a lovely lady called Barbara Murasi-Rwanwa. Barbara works for a lovely company that I know very well and have worked with um, from here in Botswana. Um, They're based out of Zimbabwe, uh, Wild Horizons. Barbara is the Corporate Affairs and Business Development Manager. And we're super chuffed to have her on on board because Barbara, Barbara, you should have actually been part of our first series because you really are an inspiring woman. But um, in this series, we're talking about local heroes in tourism in Africa. And um, I think you'll find that Barbara is really inspiring when it comes to where she's come from and, and where she's got to. And a really amazing, inspiring story to tell along the way. And some... Fascinating um, insight into um, her look on how tourism can really benefit local communities. So, without further ado, Barbara, hi, how are you doing? And like, like, give us an idea. Where are you at the moment? What's going on?
1: Oh, good afternoon to you too, James. I'm in Victoria Falls. Actually, seated in my office right now, and um, it's quite hot. I think uh, the heat is is caught up with us and. Um, we hope the heat will come and kill the virus as well. I don't know whether I, that's scientifically proven or not, but we I feel good right now.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. It's, uh, I'm struggling to survive in this heat, so I'm sure the virus is <laughs> as well.
1: <laughs> True that.
0: <laughs> Great. So, so amazing to hear. And um, Victoria Falls, I love it so much there. And, um, you, you know, Wild Horizons, you guys operate that amazing cafe um, called the Lookout Cafe in Vic Falls. Um, which is when I go to Zimbabwe and I, I enter through from the Botswana border in Kazangula, there's two things I always want to do when I get there. I want to go to Victoria Falls Hotel and sit there with a cup of tea and uh, a newspaper and enjoy the colonial atmosphere. And the next thing I want to do is go to the Lookout Cafe and have a steak. And a few cold beers and watch that amazing gorge um, and listen to the Zambezi pump away you can hear the falls and maybe jump off the 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 gorge and do a bridge swing I just love watching life go past there it's a cool spot
1: wow you should start with the lookout cafe instead (laughs) of the Vic Falls Hotel because but I can't drink beer and
0: eat steak and then go and have a tea and a High tea at the Paul's Hotel. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I I I get you. I get you. Um, I don't know if you've been here after we rebuilt the lookout cafe after the uh, tragic loss of it due to fire. Have no, you been to just I've seen see the, the, pictures, the new it looks look? Amazing. Oh, oh, you are missing out yeah. a big time. And uh, we love the spot, and that's my weekend oh, spot every yes. weekend. So cool. And it's a must-do for everybody who comes to Victoria Falls. The ambience, the environment, the, you know, the tranquility that you just yeah, get the sound there of is the water amazing. And you've got that. You can stand on the edge of that
0: the deck there, and you're looking down hundreds of meters into the gorge. It's a magnificent spot. You did well to find it.
1: Exactly. And tell us, Barbara, exactly. what
0: is your job? It's an amazing work title, Corporate Affairs and Business Development Manager. What do you do? <laughs>
1: just like my my surname that is so long I've got the longest job title in the company I am the director in charge of corporate affairs and business development for Wild Horizons so basically I I look after um, uh, new business and even old business just making sure we get all the permits and uh, we start developments I work with a team of uh, five other directors who are all male and it's exciting to be in that environment because most of the times, I'm being referred to as part of them, and uh, we've we all have different. Um, uh, work to do when we, we are developing businesses. I do the initial bit and uh, somebody else takes over and uh, we, we do the business plans and then the actual development. So sometimes I just start off something and leave it to the other boys to take over and then we, we end up with a fine and up, up, up to scratch product like the Lookout Cafe for example and everybody gets involved and everybody knows when to come in with the jigsaw puzzle piece and place it in so it's an amazing job that i do and i also look at our um, uh, corporate side of things to make sure um, we are um, registered properly we've got our leases and permits um, put put down properly and uh, we also have our legal side of things sorted and um, ready to, to operate we want to do things right and I make sure all those things are done right, so if there 's anything wrong, it falls back on my plate.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it sounds to me as if you 're the jack of all trades and if if somebody doesn 't know what to do, I bet you everybody at Wild Horizon says, maybe we should ask barbara we want to I just want to trace back to your early um, stages in life because um, we 've never met in person, but I know a little bit about your. Your story and what you've achieved to, to get to where you are today. Um, you know this series is about talking to to, to local heroes, people who have worked hard and and made their way and then made their mark on uh, on the country and, and the tourism industry. Track, track back to where you're from, where were you born and, and tell us about your upbringing and, and, and how you got to where you are today.
1: Okay, I I was born in a little village in a place called Domboshawa. The village is called Chirenda, which is about 40 kilometers from Harare. And uh, I was born in a family of eight, seven girls, one boy and um, we grew up uh, getting our income from market market gardening my father was a self-employed carpenter but most of the jobs were basically on a voluntary basis and charity work for the communities i went to school um, uh, we had two primary schools which were about 20 kilometers from our village both sides and then there was a river to cross called mau river and a mountain to climb called mawanga mountain And on the western side, there was also another river called uh, Mapfeni River uh, and a mountain called Chidabwe Mountain. And the school was Nyakujga Primary School. So early stages, I was going to Chinamora School, and uh, later stages of my primary school education, I went to Nyakujga Primary School. It was very difficult to get money to go to uh, boarding schools, but my mother went and um, to subsidize the money that was coming from vegetable gardening Uh, She sold a kettle that she owned and just to send me to school and I did my O levels at that mission school Uh, and then after O levels I passed so well with just A's and B's. Uh, It was a Cambridge uh, exam that we wrote. Uh, challenges from uh, the villages where we used to cross flooded rivers, or not go to school because the river was flooded, and then after school you would come back and herd the cattle, and also plow the fields, tender them, water the the, the vegetables even during non-plowing season because we were relying on the vegetable market to uh, supply Tumbari Musika in arare. Um, we had to do a lot of work as as girls because there was no boy in our family. The boy was the firstborn. So
0: you say that you had to... You know, it sounds like something out of a poem, but you had to cross rivers and <laughs> climb mountains to get to I'll take, school. I'll
1: take you to my village and we can do the walk. I don't know if I can still make it to the schools. But <laughs> you,
0: you really had to leave, what time did you have to leave your home in, in order to, and how far was it from your your home, your village, to get to
1: school? Okay, we would wake up at around 4 or 5 a.m., d- depending on the chores that we needed to do first because uh, you, you, you needed to plow the fields early so that you, you come back home. Uh, and by 6.30, we were leaving home and going to school. So it was more than an hour's walk. We would get to school by 8. Uh, so you needed one and a half hours to get to school. And, um, so you had to work out the time of waking up and doing the other chores first and then leave for school. And there was nothing like you need, you, you get a sandwich or some packed lunch or something like that. You had to fend for, for yourself on what to, actually take to school like we whilst you are heading cattle you needed to harvest wild honey and you needed to harvest a few berries and uh, if there was uh, maybe millies at home you would then boil them and prepare for 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 your lunch at school and your kids now
0: do you when your um, (laughs) kids are complaining now about certain things do you remind them about your early days
1: I have taken them to my home area and i was showing them where i used to walk to go to school and they said mom that was child abuse and i'm like i'm here today because of the child abuse you think actually happened to happened to me they can't believe that i used to do that but yeah. they are also seeing other people in the village is still doing it so they, they they knew I was telling them the truth and they've done some of the walking to the various schools as well
0: Yeah, to to just see There's amazing, I mean there's two things that strike me there Um, and and correct me if I'm wrong but I'm sure as a young girl first of all um, you you probably really wanted to go to school and secondly um, your mum your mum really wanted to make sure that you had a, a schooling and an education and she she did everything she could to make sure that you got an education.
1: That's very true. We'll be given examples of police uh, men, uh, teachers and nurses. Uh, and they would say, if you really want to become one, you have to make sure you, you, you go to school and you, you make the grades to become one so it it was quite an inspiration and um, uh, she had been to school up to standard six she 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 taught in her early days but then when she got married the culture was that every person who gets married has to come and look after the home so she came and uh, she was just a housewife so she still was instilling in us the importance of education and we went to school because we really wanted to become someone in life. Uh, by then, I didn't know about a, being a, an accountant. I just knew about being a teacher, a nurse, or a policewoman. So I, I, I really studied hard. And uh, some, most of the studies were under candlelight. We, we have no electricity. Up to now, we've, we've got no electricity in our area. So you had to study even using a candle or a paraffin lamp to just make sure you make it at school. It mm,
0: breaks my heart to think of it, but at the same time, you know, it just fills me up with so much hope that when, you know, in a country like uh, Zimbabwe, which battles with a lot of poverty, when, when, you, when, you, when you've got that sort of uh, spirit and desire, it says a lot about what an amazing country Zimbabwe is, right?
1: One has to persevere. If you've got a goal, if you've got a vision, uh, you just have to make sure you, you get to where you want to go.
0: Yeah. Mm. And
1: if, especially if you're a girl child, mm. uh, sometimes you are considered somebody who just gets married and you're not going to, to be helpful yeah. um, in the community. So why bother spend money on you?
0: yep yeah, yep yeah. and this is something i think you, you you experienced in your life um but before we get there uh, so your your mum sold a lot of her livestock to to fund your higher education um take us Correct. take us through now to when you um you've got your higher education and you you started to be, study to become a a chartered accountant you you left zimbabwe you went to malawi is that right
1: British Council was sponsoring uh, people who wanted to study in Malawi. There, there is a college there, Malawi College of Accountancy, and they were sponsoring people to go and study um, accounting. I applied to British Council, and they accepted me, and I had to fly for the first time <laughs> to Malawi. Uh, so we flew via Lilongwe, but the college is in Blantyre. so there was another uh, flight from Longer to Chileka Airport in Blantyre. What was life like in
0: uh, Malawi as a Zimbabwean girl?
1: Oh, it, it, it was uh, a lot different from Zimbabwe. Uh, you can imagine when I landed at um, uh, Lilongwe International Airport, I was taken aside because I was wearing a dress that was not uh, long enough according to the Malawian standards. And um, I was then told that if I wanted to be in Malawi, I needed to wear something that was uh, more decent, even though my dress was by, uh, around the knee area. I was told that no trousers all uh, dresses like that were too short to be brought into Malawi. It was quite frightening. Uh, from Lilongwe to Chileka Airport, I was so... I, I didn't know what to do. And then you get there, there's no television at all. <laughs> you know, in the 90s, it was 1993 and... Uh, we were so used to television because we could see television from either neighbors places or uh, relatives places because we didn't have a house in town but malawi had nothing so you are a foreigner in a foreign land weekend there's nothing else to do and you can't speak the language you are also scared of moving around because of uh, the type of clothes you have brought in uh, it was a miserable time, but I was determined to just work on my schoolwork because I had gone there to achieve something
0: yeah safe to say you um very determined got to uh, got to where you are are now and then you've done an amazing job so um you know so you came back to Zimbabwe and at some point you entered the tourism industry, how did that
1: go? Okay, um, after my, my qualification, we had already settled in Victoria Falls and I needed to get a job in Victoria Falls, but it was a tiny town, still growing and most businesses did not even need chartered accountant, so I was overqualified for the for the town in, in that time. Uh, so uh, one of the uh, companies that actually had a chartered accountant called me in and said, we, we, we can see you've got all these qualifications. Do you want to come and just do some investigation for us? We have lost a lot of money. Do you mind just doing that? And then when you're done, you're done. Mm-hmm. So I did that for three months and um and, uh, after that, they were so impressed. They wanted to have me, but there was no room for two chartered accountants. Mm. And um, they said, "Okay, we we can interview you for just a job, you know, in in the accounts department because you are so good, and we wouldn't want to lose you." So I got interviewed, and um, one of the challenges that came up in the interview was, "When are you going on maternity leave?" Uh, Because if you are going to go on maternity leave, uh, the chances of you getting a job are so slim. (laughs) Mm. So I then told myself, "Uh uh-uh, I've got a six-year-old son, I think I'll hang on like that and follow my career. So I I, I got a keen interest in understanding tourism and uh, I started working on that. So... By the time we go to 2006, I, I was promoted to be the managing director of the company because now I even had a bit of sales and marketing experience. I had uh, operational experiences, accounting experiences, and um, I started attending various shows to represent my company then.
0: We spoke about a lot about women in, um, in tourism in our first series, and one of the topics we spoke about a lot were... Um, you know starting a family and how it's a lot very difficult for some women in these days to try and set about a career path and also think about having a family and you know it's 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 not right that someone makes this you know a lot of people don't have the guts to say it in the interview but will often be thinking about it and make their decisions based on the age of a woman and whether they're going to have a child but for for them to actually mention that and tell you that uh, you can't start your career if you're thinking of having a baby it's so wrong because would have i mean you're blessed now with two two um, lovely kids with a big year gap amount of years gap but don't yes. you think you could have carried on doing your career and had a child at the same time
1: um I really think i I could have done that uh the only challenge is uh, Sometimes a lot of um, people think you can't be nursing a baby and then coming to to work. And also it's a challenge when the baby falls sick because they expect the woman or the mother of the child to go and uh, do all those uh, things like looking after a a sick baby or even uh, feeding the baby. But what I've seen right now, most women, what they're doing, they take turns with their husbands to say, You can take the child to the doctor, you you can go and feed the child, but as African women, um, we have always been subjected to the fact that you are a woman, you are supposed to look after the baby, you are supposed to cook in the house, and we have taken it, and if you feel, or if you don't do those things, uh, you are taken as somebody who is inadequate to be a wife or to be a mother.
0: Well, hopefully times are (laughs) changing, because that is... completely the wrong attitude to to have because uh, women play such a huge role in a lot of organizations and need to be better represented in different companies don't you think?
1: That that's so true, and also I have learned as I I've I've been growing in the both career and uh, and and uh, age that you can work smart. So I, I I have learned to utilize my time properly so that uh, I'm not expected to 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 work like what all other women are expected to. You know like. Uh, you cook every day. You can cook and freeze your meals, and uh, still make sure you are eating nice food exactly. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. no, I agree. And and you, you say um, your uh, your team are made up mainly of men, but uh, you must bring a different dynamic because women have a sometimes a, um, a different way of look, looking at things, and as do men, which is why a balanced work environment is is so crucial. How do your team um, enjoy working with you in terms of your perspective, and what do you see uh, when, when, when you're as a woman in a in a male-dominated
1: team? Uh, we, with me, it's actually uh, amazing because the, the the team of boys are very supportive. And uh, it's a very, very good environment, uh, even though sometimes they forget that they've got a lady sitting in their midst and their stories change and they, they become more of men's stories and, and the like. And then uh, there's a lot of, oh, sorry, <laughs> we'd, we'd forgotten that, that Barbara was here. And uh, oh, sorry, Barbara. Forgive me. Forgive my 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 French or whatever. But it's it's a it's a very good team.
0: Women are much more um, better at thinking about um, other people's feelings, also attention to detail, um, and different aspects that men uh, miss out on. So um, you know, as much as it's nice to feel included. I think that um, knowing that I've worked and, and do work with teams where there's a good balance of men and women, uh, I could, we couldn't do it without the balance because that's just creates the harmony and balance and environment. And it's so important. So, yeah, good for you. Yeah. What gets you up in the morning, Barbara? Like what motivates you? Because, you know, you're a really active woman. You've achieved a lot to get to where you are today. You know, and from your point of view, you know, what motivates you and gets you going every day?
1: You know, um, I'm a very um, philanthropic person um, because somebody picked me up and somebody sent me to university uh, when I really did not deserve that. I really feel I have to do a lot for the communities. Uh, And um, if I tell you that I sit on about seven boards and uh, I do that for charity, I don't get paid for sitting on the boards. And I also have my own children that I send to school. Besides Wild Horizons, um, 103 children that we sent to school, I've got my 17 or so that I sent personally to school, pay school fees, buy their uniform, buy their books. Uh, that motivates me to say, let me wake up and do something for the community that bring the change I would like to see in that community. And um, also to just say today, please come in, I'm a commissioner of oaths. I can stamp your documents without charging you. I am a marriage officer, I can marry you, you don't have money, I will do it for for free for you. Um, I I would like to change the industry, I sit on the National Employment Council for Tourism uh, board, how best can we do it, what can we do for your company that will make sure it's still surviving in this period. And also, what can we do for human-wildlife conflict? I sit on the Wildlife Wildlife Trust Board, and I would like to make sure people look at animals and not see meat. They want to look at animals and see something that will help their children in future. So I actually go there and I I want to assist people understand how to live in harmony with nature. I look at my company World Horizons and I say how can we be of great importance to our people and uh, it gives me hope and it gives me that urge to wake up and come to work even if things are tight like this, I want to come and assist in explaining to people where we are, where we are going and how we have to remain in business even if things are so tough. I need to to wake up and go to work or go out in the communities and and be uh, someone of a difference. And I always tell my children or everybody else that uh, if you think you are too small to make a difference, then you have never spent a night with a mosquito, it's an African proverb. Uh, the little things <laughs> that you you can do you never know it will get you to where you want to go so that inc- encourages me yeah. to just wake up i will not i cannot change the whole world myself but my beat can bring a change to the world
0: that's amazing barbara and and with that attitude it's uh you know what you can do is you can, you can, your attitude rubs off on the people around you. And so uh, it is incredible. And I, I, I couldn't believe it when I first spoke to you because when I spoke to my friend Shane, who, who has a similar job to, to me for Wild Horizons in marketing, and said to him, Shane, you know, have you got someone in your organization um, you know, who's, who's come a long way and, and who's very active with the community and so forth? And he said without even thinking, oh, yeah, Barbara. Barbara is your lady; she's the one. Because uh, and uh, you know, when you started first telling me about all the things, you know, the seventeen kids that you personally fund through their school and education, and all the work that you're doing, it is it makes me exhausted to think about it, but incredibly humbling. You're an oh, amazing thank soul. You. So um, you know, it's so so nice to to talk to you and listen to to what you've what you've done. And uh, before we go though. Um, You can't say Lookout Cafe or or anything because that's my favorite, but what's your favorite Wild Horizons experience or place?
1: Okay, my favorite Wild Horizons experience is the high wire activities. You know, uh, they, yeah. they just bring your adrenaline, and most people will be looking at me and thinking, "No, this woman is not going to do it. She's just doing it for pictures." And then, before they know it, I'm already jumping off, and that's when I challenge the the I challenge people like Shane, and I say, "Let's go jumping." And he is so scared of heights, so I really <laughs> feel there there is one thing that I can beat these guys on. Uh, not all of them, of course, but I love high adrenaline products and uh, I, I, when I'm tired, when I feel I want to be re-energized, I just go and do these high adrenaline products. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you dangle yourself over a gorge with 300 meters below you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you say the proverb about the mosquito, there's the proverb which is uh, um, live life on the edge or don't live life at all and when you're standing on the edge of that gorge swing... Wow, (laughs) you feel alive. You just feel like so insignificant in the world when you see this huge gorge and this thundering Victoria Falls in the distance. My God, but it's so much fun. True that. And um, yeah, I really enjoy it. And you guys, you know, I I love all of you guys from Wild Horizons. Your your character is so infectious throughout. You're such a lovely bunch of people. Thank you. So um, yeah,
1: you know, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Great, great work. Thank you so much for having me.